This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Tonight's message, if you're taking notes, is called Blessed in the Burdens. Blessed in the Burdens. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll get going. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we just ask that you would open our hearts tonight to receive your word. Father, I pray that you would just open our minds Father, calm all those thoughts, all those things, all those worries, all those doubts, whatever that may be, the wording we use, Father, I pray all those would go away right now. Father, I pray peace over our minds that we may hear and receive your word tonight. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I ask, Father, that you help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I plan on not saying so the lives would be affected and touched and truly, Father, know how much you love them. And Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I thought about titling this since we've just finished our long series on, uh, or our series on the personalities. I was going to go with our fifth personality, the SS, uh, superstar, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to talk too much about me, but let's go ahead and uh, move forward with that. Uh, Ephesians, I'm just joking by that. Uh, I'm not that conceited, but uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and start. Ephesians chapter one, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter one is a great one to mark. If you have not marked this up, You'll notice in here that Paul starts talking about some prayers that he would pray for these churches. He would pray for these people. And you're going to see right here at the very start of it, verse 15, it says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, verse 16, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So he paints a picture right here. He's telling them, listen, I have heard what you've done. I've heard about this church. I've heard about what you've been doing. People are talking about it. They're talking about the change that's coming, the change that's been coming into Lubbock, Texas, that people are seeing. And they're seeing these affected. And he's saying, I have continually prayed for you. So what he's saying is, now let me tell you what I've been praying. So what I look at in this is that it's a prayer for you and I to also start praying. We can pray this over our families. We can pray this over our coworkers. We can pray this over our spouses and we can pray this over ourselves. I want you to listen to the words that he uses here. Verse 17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incorruptibly great power for us who believe. The power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but that that also in which the one is to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him, which fills everything in every way. And this is what it comes back down to. What he's talking about, he's talking about the prayer, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's praying that over us. He's also praying that he would give us strength, that we may understand how amazing our God truly is. And I sit back and I think about this because we can't understand God. We really can't. When you talk about God, he's omnipresent. That doesn't make sense to us. That's a word that sounds good, but we don't get. 
Because we tangibly cannot do that. Omnipresent means he's here and he's there and he's over there and he's in the future and he's in the past and he's in this moment all at the same time. All at the same time. Which means when God says that he has given you a future and a hope, great things in the future, guess what? He's already been there and created things that are coming in the future. He's already been there and he's making changes today for tomorrow. He's looked at the past and said, I see what was in the past, but I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about today. And today and the future is where we're going. And that's what God continues to talk about. And so a lot of times we deal with stuff in, in life, whatever that may be. And that's where Paul comes in and he shares this incredible thought. And I love verse 18 because it's so important. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Meaning that there's going to be hard times in your life, but that every day you may wake up and say, for this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it. Then he continues, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now understand this, we've all been called to do something incredible. God has placed a a desire in your heart. That's why you flourish at what you do. That's why God has blessed you at those things. God has given you a gift. And he's given you that gift to do incredible things. But understand this. We call it a blessing. But every time we deal with a blessing, guess what comes along with a blessing? The burdens. Perfect example. Anybody else have those little blessings? You know, the little ones about this tall. They look a lot like you. Man, they are great blessings. I think grandparents are the blessed because they get to give them back when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You're like, hey, see ya. And they're out the door. But, you know, I think about this and I think we pray and we're excited about our little blessings, but they can be a burden at times too. They can be a burden just like life can be a burden. We pray and we ask God for a new job, a new position at our job. And guess what? You get that position and now you've got more burdens. Well, what do you mean? Well, you've got more responsibility. You've got people that are looking to you to be the team leader. When things go and they're not going the right way, who's going to be the one that steps up? All these burdens start to come upon you. And if you're not careful, these burdens will overtake the joy that God brings into your life. So what I'm talking about tonight is that we've got to remember that the blessings and there's burdens, but God can change that burden into joy or we can get in our own flesh and we can turn it into a miserable day. That's where God continues to come in it. So if you're taking notes tonight, number one is this. It says, you have a great calling, a blessing coming. You have a great calling and a blessing coming. Philippians chapter three, just to the right. And we're going to be flying through the Bible. So most of it's going to be right here in the New Testament, kind of hitting in these Philippian, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and just kind of in that area. But we're going to start uh, Philippians chapter three, verse 12. And it's going to be up on the screen too, so make sure you guys do that. But mark this down. Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I have already obtained this, or that I have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Let me stop right there, because, and we'll continue on with these scriptures in just a second. You know, I think a lot of times, me personally, and I don't know if anybody else is this way, when I hear the stories of Paul, I'm like, man, that, that guy was pretty cool. He must have... He must have that, like, all he did was just pray. He must have just spent time with God all day long. He, he must have had some gift that God didn't give me because I can't seem to find myself doing what Paul did. I can't seem to find myself. He must have been hand-selected 
and something special about him where it wasn't as special for me. You know, a lot of times I, I kind of knock myself down instead of realizing that God said, I chose you. I chose you and appointed you to go forth and bear fruit. That's what he did with Paul. You know, a lot of times I used to look at these people and I would think they're so great. I'd look at Billy Graham and think, well, man, it'd be nice to be him. I'd look at the Apostle Paul. I'd look at him and say, man, it'd be great to be him. But there's no difference between him and I. There's no difference between those guys and you. Every one of us have a gift that have been appointed to go bear fruit. And this is what it comes back down to. I love what Paul said right there. Not that I have already obtained all of this. And what he's talking about is at this moment, he's writing a letter to the church of Philippi. And when he's writing the church, he's telling them, I'm so proud of what you're doing. Here's what you need to do. Keep going. But understand this. When he's writing this letter, he's in prison. He's in prison for things that he didn't even do wrong. They threw him into prison because they didn't like what he was doing. So he's writing this, and I love what his words are. Not only have I already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect. I'm not a perfect human being. I don't make mistakes. I do make mistakes. We all make mistakes. So it continues to go on. Verse 13, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Listen, the, pro- the blessing that God is bringing, he's talking about it. Paul was given a gift. But you know what came with that gift? He was thrown into prison multiple times. In fact, one time they stoned him and they thought he was dead, took him out in the, out of the city and they laid him there and they just took off. They thought, well, he's dead. We'll just lay him out there where we lay all the other dead stuff. And, and his apostles, the other, the other brothers, the, the, his friends came up and it says they came up to him and they picked him up and they walked back into the city. I'm like, you, you think those little, you know, brothers are pesky? Man, you got Paul. They tried to kill him and he's back at it again. Well, he's got those things, but understand this, the burden that he had to deal with. I mean, I haven't had a lot of rocks thrown at me. I've had a few and it's not fun when they hit you and he was stoned yet. He got back up and he went, you talk about some of the other apostles. I can't even imagine what John went through. They tried to kill John any way they could. They couldn't do it. Finally, they sent him into an Island and said, you're going to be by yourself. We're going to just put you on this Island. And, and, and people are like, oh, it would be great to be these guys. Well, understand this. It's a blessing but burdens come with it. And if we get too caught up in the burdens, it causes issues. We can't receive the true blessing that God has for us and we can't enjoy it. We can't enjoy it. You know, I talk to grandparents. I talk to people who, who maybe they've lost loved ones and they see young parents struggling, getting frustrated with their kids because they're not acting right because they're being loud at the restaurant. And they come up to them and they say, hey, it's okay. It may be hard today, but it's all right. Enjoy this time. And you're like, I can't enjoy this. This kid's screaming in my ear. I, I, you know, you want to make up all these excuses. But what they're saying is it goes by really fast. And I think everybody in here who has had kids that have gone on to get married, and, and it does go by fast. It does go by fast. And I think at times we get so caught up in the moment that it becomes a frustration instead of realizing, you know what? I've only got a few moments with this child. I've got to remember the blessing that's there. I can't get caught up in the flesh. I can't get caught up not remembering the blessing that God has. Paul gave us a great example. He's in prison, yet he says, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead. I realize I'm going to deal with this. I realize I'm going to run through all these things, but I'm going to keep pressing forward. I'm going to keep pressing on because I know what God is going to do.
I know that God's going to do this. In fact, there's one time, and Paul is literally prophesied over multiple times of what's going to happen to him. He goes to this city after city after city, and these prophets come up and say, you need to quit following this guy because if you don't stop following him, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go to Rome, and they're going to do this to you. And then it goes on to say another story and another story and another story. He says, I know, but how can I miss an opportunity to speak to that person? I'd give my life up so that that person may know the Lord. He had the heart to say, I realize the burden's going to come with the blessing, but I can't let the burden overtake the blessing. We stick with it. Every time that we ask for amazing things, God continues to bless us. You know, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. It says, whatever you ask for in my name, I shall give you. But every time that you get those things, it becomes a, better, a bigger burden. People treat you different. They look at you different. When you get a new job, more hours, more responsibility, you're not asked to be there eight to five. You're now asked to be there whenever I ask you to be there. It changes. You like the paycheck, but do you realize the hours? Do you realize the responsibility that comes in? It comes with those same things. You know, a lot of times we, I, I remember hearing a story uh, of this gentleman. He, he got really blessed. His name was Lou Tice, and he had gotten blessed with this incredible job, and he was making money doing what he loved to do. And his wife was like, I want to buy this house. And they go look at this house, and it's huge. It's like 12 acres. And he's like, I don't want this house. She's like, well, why don't you want this house? Because I got to mow this lawn. And she's like, no, you hire somebody to mow the lawn. Well, I don't want to pay somebody to mow my lawn. And she, he, he started going through all these different things, and he started doing this. And she's like, no, we want the bigger house. And, and he said, you know, a lot of times in life we want the bigger things, but are we willing to do what we need to do in order to receive those bigger things? we got to step up and receive that. You know, a lot of times we pray for pregnancy. We pray to get pregnant. We pray for these children, and, and you receive the gift. But you know what? That nine months, it, it's... It's kind of easy in the beginning, and then it gets a little harder and a little harder, and you get a little bigger, and it gets a little harder to sleep, and it gets a little bit bigger, and then you get a little really hard to sleep, and you've got this baby inside you moving and kicking and doing all this stuff. I'm just talking hearsay because my wife told me what happened. I didn't go through this. But, you know, you go through these crazy cravings. I remember one of the toughest nights was she was like, I'm really hungry for something. And, and it was with my son, and uh, he likes spicy food. And I was like, well, I know what you want, but I'm not going to tell you because we can't get it. She's like, no, you don't. I was like, yeah, I do. I know exactly what you want. And we're living in Albuquerque at the time, and we're going back and forth through this. And I looked at her, and I said, you want Dion's pizza with green chili on it? She's like, oh, that is it. That's exactly what I want. Well, it's midnight. It's closed. And so now, the whole night, she's like, oh, I just want pizza the whole night. I just want this. I just want... Well, and it's, it's those things. You, the blessing is coming, but there's a burden during that. And you know, talking about pregnancy... A lot of times in life, we forget what Mary went through. We think, how blessed would it be to to have been Mary? To carry Jesus. To be able to spend 30 years, literally 33 years of, uh, of your life just watching the Son of God grow. But the blessing that came in, think about this. She goes to explain what happens. There was an angel. And... This angel told me I was going to be pregnant, and now I'm pregnant. So you're telling me you didn't sleep with a guy and you're pregnant? Uh, yeah, you knew, you knew what she was going through. You knew that she had to have people everywhere. Everywhere she went, there were people going, hey, that's the girl. She'd hear these whispers. 
She'd hear these people saying, that's the girl. That's the one I was telling you about. That's the one that keeps telling us that God did this. But there's no way. There's no way. Think about how she had to explain it to Joseph. You mean you're pregnant? And I'm supposed to believe that you didn't. This is, it doesn't make sense to me. And he starts going through all these things. Well, think about this. When Mary has Jesus, she has all the visitors come and see her. And at one point in there, in Luke chapter 2, it says that there was some prophecy that came in. And when that prophetic word came in, it says that she held these words dear to her heart. When she first got pregnant, she held on to what the Lord said. You're well chosen. You're the one. You chose. I picked you. And I understand it's a burden, but I know that you can handle the burden. I know that you can do this. And, and I believe that Mary gives us some incredible statements and understandings. One, she holds on to the true word instead of man's word. How miserable would have her life have been if she had listened to every word that the man had said about her? The second thing is when she first got pregnant, it said that she went to her cousin Elizabeth's house. Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist. It says that when she walked into the house, that John leapt in her stomach. And then it says that she stayed there for three months. What that tells me is this. She gives us two great points. One is this. Keep God's word close to your heart because no matter what happens, God's word will override man's word always. Hold it dear to your heart because there's going to be times when you're going to struggle and you're not going to know if you're in the right spot. You're not going to know if you're doing the right thing, but that's when you stand on the word. The second thing is this. She knew when she went to Elizabeth, she was welcomed. She was around someone of like mind. She was around a person who loved her, not because of what she can get from her, but because of who she was. She didn't look at her and said, oh yeah, you're pregnant and you're telling me God did this, right? No, she knew God's done something incredible with you. For three months, she built her up. For three months, she helped her out. She got around people that helped her to get up, not to get down. Those are the two things that I believe Mary teaches us about the same thing. Every blessing brings burden. But if you stay focused on those, the blessing will continue to come. Number two is this. Learn to enjoy and trust the blesser during the burden. Learn to enjoy and trust the blesser during the burden. Romans chapter four, back to your left. And like I said, we're gonna move around a lot in there and we're about to hit a bunch of scriptures. Romans chapter, Romans chapter four. This is the story of Abraham. And the greatest thing about this, Abraham talks so much about some incredible things in here. But I love the statements. Listen to what it says. We're gonna start in verse 20. It says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. What he's talking about is every day I woke up and I stood and I realized my strength comes from the Lord and the Lord himself. He continues, verse 21, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Now, what a statement. He knew that if God said it, it's done. It's done. Because God said it, it's done. Now remember, this is the same man that's 75 years old and God comes to him and says, I'll give you a son. Now, I don't know many 75-year-olds are like, hey, I'm in for that. I'm in. Can I pick me? 
Uh, maybe, maybe there are some. I don't know. I don't know how many women are excited to hear that at 75 years old. But they go on to say this. It says, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it is accredited to him as righteous. The words, it is credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him and raise Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for, the just, for our justification. Now, here's what he's talking about. Very simply, we look at Abraham and say, he's a great, he's a great man. He's a great man. It is accredited to him that he stood on the promises of God. But a lot of times we look back and say, well, that was good for Abraham. But he's saying right here in Romans, it's telling us it's not just for Abraham, it's for us. It's for us today. So when we stand on the word that says, you shall be highly favored, it says in Psalms 5.12 that you're surrounded with the shield of favor, that wherever you go, you have favor that goes before you. So that means when you go in to meet with somebody, someone may have said, they'll always say no. They say yes to you. It's a choice that you make to say, I'm standing on the word. I don't care what man says. I don't care what's happened before. I stand on the word of God. It says, whatever you ask, you shall receive. Sunday, it was supposed to rain. It was supposed to hail. In fact, there was a weather uh, advisory sent out. There was a t- tornado and hail supposed to come and all this other stuff. So I'm sorry if you were expecting that, but I prayed. I prayed because there was a golf tournament that I was in charge of. And I prayed and I said, Lord, I believe that your word says, whatever I ask, I shall receive. If I stand in faith, Lord, I believe it. When Jesus stood up and told the winds to calm, I have the same power. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray if it rains, it's not going to rain on that golf course. Lord, you're going to part the seas like you did with Moses. You're going to part those clouds. There is going to be a hole that is going to be over that. It's not going to rain on that golf course. Did it rain on our golf course? Now, I'm not saying it's because of me, but I am telling you this. I stood on the word. I stood on the word. You know what I kept, my mind kept doing while I was saying it? It's going to rain. 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 But you know what? I kept speaking it. I kept speaking it. I kept speaking it. And I was like, Lord, I know this is kind of goofy that I'm asking for this, but you know what? You said that you'd give me the desires of my heart. So I'm going to stand on this because this is a desire that I want to have fellowship with these men and these women that are out here. I want them to have fun. I want them to enjoy today. And that's what I prayed for. Next year, I'm praying that there's no wind. So stand, stand firm on those things. That'll be a true answer to prayer. Uh, Romans 5, let's keep going. Verse 1, listen to what he says right here. He says, therefore, now remember this. When we read in the Bible, we're, we're reading chapter after chapter after chapter. That's not how it was written. It was a letter. So when we finish chapter 4, it goes right into chapter 5. So we just read about Abraham and how he did all these things. Now listen to verse 1 in chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse three, not only so, but we also rejoice in the sufferings, the burdens, because we know that the sufferings, the burdens produce perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not disappoint us because 
God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. This is what it comes back down to. We stand up and we realize this is what we're going to stand on. We trust in that. When you cross-reference verse 21 to Genesis, it, it takes you back to Genesis 18. Verse 14, it says this. This is where we cross-reference. It says, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at an appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Now, what it stood right there is, we go back and we read verse 21, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. If God has called you to do something, if God has put something on your heart, that's not a fire that has gone out. That is a fire that is burning strong. You stand up on that and you say, God, I don't know how. I don't know when, but I know this. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand because there will come a day that I will receive that blessing. And Lord, I want to be in the right state of mind when I receive that blessing. Because Lord, I know this. You called me to it. And so Lord, I'm going to trust you in that area. Abraham stood on the truth of the scripture. Whatever you say, Lord, it will happen. It will happen. I am highly favored. I am blessed. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I thank you that I may cry in the evening, but in the morning I wake up with joy. I thank you. Today's the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it. I stand firm knowing that the Lord has gone before me before I even got there. I thank you, Lord, you're there. You've done what I've asked you to do. This is what it comes back down to. When you stand on those scriptures, you take this word and you say, oh, that's the good word. No, you say, that's my word. That's my word. When we sing these songs and we're singing praise and worship, that's not just good songs. Those are my words. I serve the God of miracles. If I serve the God of miracles, then why in the world am I worried about any of this stuff? Any of this stuff, you know, the Bible says, cast your cares and anxiety upon me for I care for you much. So why is it that we're so worried about all these things? Why understand this, the medical field, there are so many things that will tie back to one simple thing, stress. Stress is one of the biggest killers in this world. Stress leads you into so many things because it puts a toxin in your body. The Bible didn't say We're going to have peace, love, joy, kindness, stress, 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 stress. Well, when everything's going good, I have peace, love, joy, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But when it goes bad, it's stress, 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 stress. No, it should be peace, love, joy, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That says that's the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, go and you've been to produce good fruit. That's the way that God created you to do. So understand this. When we read these scriptures, I'm going to have some scriptures that are going to come up here. And I want you to write these down because you've got to stand firm. Let's go ahead and put the first one up there. I can't see with the thing right there. Psalms 23 verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Listen as he continues right here. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Think about this. When you're in a stressful day, the Lord says, I will calm the waters. Keep going. He, re- he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake, verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Understand this. God is going to take care of everything. You've just got to trust in him. You've got to know that he's there, whether you feel it or not. I will tell you this. Many of you don't know this, 
unless you have this gift. There is an angel that is standing right there during praise and worship. He was standing right behind Pastor Oscar, standing right here. Now, many of you are sitting there saying, oh, I didn't see him. Well, he was huge. But I will tell you this, there are angels that walk around us all the time. They're here to protect us. They're here to do what we ask because the Lord says that the ministering spirits send them out to go do things. So when you're praying, there's ministering spirits that are going out doing things to help you out. But what it comes back down to is God says that I will protect you. I will comfort you. I will help you. And I'm here with you at this moment. Go ahead and go to the next one. Psalms 30 verse 5. It says, for his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. So listen, if you're having a tough day, if you're having a hard time, if you're struggling through things, the Bible says it, but rejoicing comes in the morning. We've got to quit worrying about the burdens because the more we focus on the burdens, the more we stay with weeping may stay for the night and the day and the night, and the day, and the night, because we're focused more on that than we are on God, because God said, if you'll focus on me, rejoicing comes in the morning. Go ahead and go to the next scripture. Psalms 31, verse 14, it says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. You are my God. So if you're my God, I stand on the first commandment. There shall be no other gods before you. There's only one God, and you're my God, and I serve you. Go ahead and go to the next one. Psalms 31, 15 says, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Go ahead and keep going. As a father has compassion. This is Psalms 103, verse 13. As a father, catch that right there. Catch that right there. Understand this. If one of you tried to attack my son right now, I would tackle you before you got to him. Now, some of you say, well, I'll try it. No, let's not try it because I'm not in the mood to tackle, but I will if I need to. Understand this. I, if you come after my family, I will protect them. I will protect my family. But understand this, it's the same thing. God says, I will protect my children. Those are my children that are down there. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. You fear the Lord, you trust the Lord, you serve the Lord, that's you. That's you. Go ahead and go to the next one. Psalms 119 verse 50 says, my comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. I stand on your promise, God. Every morning I wake up, I thank you. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice. I'll stand firm, I'll stand strong and I'll trust the Lord. Go ahead and keep going. Psalms 126 verse four, restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams and the Negev. Keep going. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Now understand this. If you've lost someone, those who sow tears, will reap songs of joy. Stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord. The burden is there, but the blessing is coming behind it. Keep going. Psalms 126, verse six, it says, those who, are, those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Stand firm on that, stand firm. Keep going. Ecclesiastes 3, one. There is a time for everything. Understand that there's a time for everything. Remember the Bible talked about the hopes coming? Perseverance will take place and it'll keep coming. There's a season for everything and a season for every activity under the sun in heavens. If you look at that scripture, it talks about there's a sowing, there's a reaping. There's a time that there's a war and there's peace. There is time that you're gonna have that peace and that refreshing. Keep going. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Trust in the Lord. Stand firm that he said, I'll take it. I'll put my yoke on you. Understand that the greatest peace you'll ever find is the yoke of the Lord. Keep going. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's easy and it's light. It's the way you want it. Go ahead. Go to the next. James 1, 2 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Remember, we just talked about this. Keep going. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Go ahead and go. This is the last one right here. First Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Go ahead and go to verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. In due time, God will take you from where you're at to where you're going. But we've got to stand firm. We've got to trust God. We've got to keep relying on it. You know, I think about this. King David, for 15 years, he was anointed. 15 years later, he became the king. The Israelites, they were given a gift. They were asked to do something incredible. 11-day journey took them 40 years. But the promise came. Joseph 13 years from dream to destiny. Jesus fasted for 40 days before he was able to defeat the enemy. He stood strong on those things. Abraham took him 25 years from the day that God promised him till the birth of his son. 25 years he stood strong on the faithfulness of God. Number three, the final one right here is don't miss the blessings that come every day. 2 Corinthians and I'll just cover these very quickly. 2 Corinthians 4.16. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light is monetary, momentarily troubles are achieving for an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Understand this. You are gifted and destined for something great. Stand firm on that. The last scripture I want to talk about is Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, and this is the key to the whole thing. This gives you an idea and an understanding of what you need to do. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, then the Lord replied, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. In other words, write down the vision, write down the dreams, write down the passions, write down the desires, put it out there and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It certainly will come, and it will not delay. Understand what it talks about here. The dream that God has put on your heart, the blessings that God is bringing. Listen, there are burdens that come. But don't allow those burdens to take the joy of the blessing away. Every day can be a blessing. Whether you sit back and say, but yes, explain to me how this is a blessing. I don't know, but I can tell you this. God can make it a blessing. God can make it a blessing because I know this, that those tears of sorrow can be turned into to, to an incredible joyous day. They can be turned if we'll trust God. And that's what it comes back down to, is if we'll simply jump back in and trust God. These scriptures 
aren't made to stand upon. They're made to stand up and say, I am the chosen son or daughter of God. I am. I serve the great I am. I'll stand strong for God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.